The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Alan Barrett, the CEO of the ESRI, is with me to talk about inflation and interest rate hikes because the European Central Bank are set to raise uh, rates by half a point tomorrow. Uh, Alan, I know that there is some pushback to this from some quarters, but before we talk about that, what what is the uh, ECB's rationale for this latest hike? Okay, uh, good and simple question to kick off. Um, so the, the the main rationale for the ECB moving ahead in the way that they are is they, I, I think they're basically worried that inflation has kind of crept into the system a little bit beyond uh, energy. So I think we're all familiar with the notion that, uh, I mean, not in its totality, but certainly energy uh, cost inflation was a significant driver of the inflation issue that we're looking at. There was also, of course, some of the sort of the post-COVID uh, difficulties where you had that demand hitting um, uh, supply chain bottlenecks and stuff like that. So anyway, inflation started growing um, up. Uh, ECB got worried about it. Uh, and the interest rates then are this sort of standard tool to try and dampen demand in in, in the economy. So what we've been observing uh, in the last number of months is actually headline inflation has been decreasing mm. uh, a little bit. So it peaked at over 10%. We're talking euro area now. Peaked at over 10% <clears throat> in the latter part of last year. It's now coming, I think it's in, it's in the eights or whatever like that. So it's certainly a moderation. Uh, and now the question is, well, wh- why keep going on with this? Uh, I think the ECB response would be, well, inflation seems to be in other areas of the economy outside of the initial ones. So it was these sort of second round effects that they were very worried about. So food is an area, uh, some domestic services. Uh, so they're worried that inflation, it's almost, you can imagine, a sort of seeping out beyond the initial difficulty. And so they're very adamant that they'll stay on this trajectory of raising uh, interest rates. Now, of course, uh, just to be clear, there's a lot of dispute and a lot of discussion about whether or not this is the correct policy. Uh, but we can develop that if you want. Yeah. So what w- what is the counter argument? What is the pushback? Is it simply that inflation is moderating, leave well enough alone? Th- there's, there's elements uh, to that. I mean, Again, if you go back sort of far enough, even, um, you know, before inflation really sort of took hold, there was an argument that, well, this was going to be a transitory phenomenon, Okay, that we had the difficulties coming out of COVID. We had the energy price spikes uh, related to Ukraine. But these things were essentially going to wash their way through the system. uh, And this was all going to be a a temporary phenomenon. Now, again, you know, the central, uh, the ECB's argument was all around the, the, you know, the the issue around the, the, the second round effects. But there's always this sort of worry that the when the ECB and other central banks sort of start talking in terms of like we're going to squeeze inflation out of the system and everything mm. like that the worry is is that they can overdo it I mean this is not a costless exercise what they're trying to do is in a sense you know uh, drain demand from the economy increasing uh, sort of costs be it on homeowners through mortgages uh, increase the cost of borrowing all of these things have an effect on the economy they're almost trying to sort of drive demand down at the more extreme level this means maybe a slower growth in employment or possibly even unemployment. So there's a real cost to these activities. And the counter argument is uh, you've got to be really, really careful in doing this. You can't just talk about putting up interest rates to squeeze, squeeze out inflation because uh, there, there can be real costs. But the people who are making that, uh, the, the, uh, uh, they must believe that the damage caused by squeezing the economy and by squeezing individuals and by squeezing households, that that damage outweighs the risk of allowing inflation to take yeah. its natural course. Is yeah. that I it? mean, there's, there's a number of sort of d- d- dimensions to this. I mean, the first is it's, it's, it's always a little bit unclear as to, you know, the extent which the policy impact 
uh, will have the effect on slowing growth in the economy. Okay, so the, the you know we we talk about raising interest rates and slowing down inflation, but the actual size of the relationship is probably trickier than we realise. So part of the concern is some people think, well, the ECB may be underestimating the effect. Okay, so that's a sort of a technical measurement issue. But the second point you raise there about this sort of balance of what you're concerned about, um, you know, you can go way well not way back in history, but if you go back to the the Margaret Thatcher time uh, and the Ronald Reagan time in the early 1980s, uh, where the view at the time was uh, any rate of unemployment was almost worth it to squeeze inflation out of the system. Uh, so there is an ideological battle that goes on here as well as the technical one. Okay, so this is the ECB's bailiwick. Uh, but what would be the view, would you imagine, in Leinster House? I'm not asking to be a spokesperson for government, but what would you imagine when they look at the, 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 the economic tea leaves oh, yeah. here? What would they like to, to see Christine Lagarde do? Yeah. Uh, you, again, you're, you're touching into like some really important and interesting areas. Uh, I mean, central banks generally across the world have been moved onto an independent footing uh, over time uh, precisely because politicians tended to take a different view on these sort of things, as you can imagine. <laughs> uh, so needless to say, uh, politicians hate to see interest rates uh, going up. Uh, and in many ways, they were a sort of a happier bunch of folks uh, when, when they had control over these uh, things. I mean, some European governments, I think it's the Italians, rumblings at the French, some European governments are beginning to sort of, you know, whine a little bit about this. Uh, they'll be very careful to sort of say, well, we understand the ECB is a, an independent body and has important work to do. But 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 the whining uh, has, has started. Um, but it does, it, it, it sort of takes you back to that interesting sort of tension, because sometimes what you can get are these sort of spirals where on the one hand, the central bank, uh, the ECB or other central banks will be cutting interest rates, OK, or sorry, raising interest rate to squeeze demand out of the economy and sometimes then on the other hand you can have governments then cutting taxes and increasing expenditure to kind of inject demand and you can almost end up, it's not quite mutually assured destruction, mm. but you can see the sort of the dynamic that can start uh, being created, that whatever governments do on the one hand that could be expansionary and hence inflationary, uh, central banks that are strong will tend to act in the other way to counteract those sorts of forces. The other concern that people expressed right at the beginning of all of this was uh, that we would... Uh, uh, that Europe would slip into recession, individual countries within Europe would slip into recession. That seems to have receded that threat. The other was stagnation. We would go through what Japan went through for, for, mm. for an awful long time. W- when you look at uh, the economic growth figures that we had yesterday, uh, I think it was, wasn't it? It was yeah. yesterday. Mm. Um, Ireland's economy grew by 12.2% last year. I mean, how do you interpret that in the context of those fears of stagnation? Okay, well, let, let's put the Irish figure aside for one second. Okay, I mean, the, the 12.2%, that's back to the, the GDP. Leprechaun economics. You used the term, I didn't, but it's, yeah, I mean, let's, that was, I think what they describe as a flash, and this is one of these early uh, indicators of what actually happened in the quarter. Um, they didn't produce what we typically, you know, the GNI star figure, or the mm. modified domestic, the, the, the more rational sort of figures to capture the Irish economy. So we'll, we'll put that aside for now. But the broader point that you raise is, at European level, the figures were more encouraging yeah. uh, than we thought. And you're right, if you go back about six months ago, I'm, I have a feeling I might have been sitting in this very studio and there was a, a real sense of impending doom around what uh, was going to happen to the European economy. Obviously, a lot of that was related to the Ukraine situation. 
restrictions then on fuel supplies primarily into Germany. Uh, but really what we've seen is a re- remarkable capacity both to sort of cope and diversify. Uh, so, they, you know, they, the, the, those real constraints on energy supplies didn't kick in to this extent that we would have imagined. The European economy, while things have absolutely slowed and it's been difficult for industry, uh, households have been suffering as a result of the cost of living increases. The combined effects haven't been as bad as we anticipated. And so the sort of stagflation uh, discussions mm. we were having a while ago don't seem to have panned out. The, the the other piece of perceived wisdom as recently as only a few weeks ago was that this was going to be the first of two interest rate hikes possibly this year that the, the ECB were looking at and and then they'd probably stand back. Is is that still the suspicion? I, well, I think I, uh, two two or three. Um, okay. The, 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 the sort of, if you, if you listen to the various governors uh, from around the central bank of the year who sit on the governing council, uh, our own Governor McLaughlin being one, uh, they, they do seem to be giving interviews where they're talking about the need for ongoing rate increases. Okay. Uh, so un, unlikely that they're talking from, from an individual perspective. So that trajectory does seem to be uh, well on. So, okay, uh, as we said, this is absolutely the ECB's bailiwick in terms of how the Irish government managed the impact of inflation on people's lives. We've had all of these supports. Now, a lot of them uh, uh, are due to come to an end at some point in the spring. There's something of a cliff edge. Uh, The indication seems to be from government that we will not have a cliff edge, that there will be a tapering off. That is is the prudent economic approach, is it? I I think it is a sensible approach. Uh, My colleagues in the SRI did a substantial analysis uh, on this in the, you know, uh, after the last budget. And what was clear from that analysis was the the one-off measure had done a very, very good job at insulating people at the lower end of the income distribution. Uh, So very effective Mm. and very, very worthwhile. Uh, But my colleagues did point out at the time that by definition, because they were one off, uh, if the higher prices had it extended into this year to a great extent, then the, there was a group of people who were going to be vulnerable. So you can imagine a situation in which we'll, we'll have the sort of the, the, those measures. But as was the case before, the hope would be that they'd be quite targeted uh, measures. I'm looking at you and your well-tied job here. And so I, I kind of hope you don't get another uh, dollar of cash just to, <laughs> to ease the burden. Uh, I don't think I deserve an, another dollar of cash to ease the burden either. Uh, but to the extent that, that there is a genuine, and of course there are uh, a, a significant group of people who are suffering from ongoing high energy prices and uh, mm. then, yeah, targeted uh, interventions then do seem like a good idea. Alan, listen, always a pleasure, always interesting. Thanks a million for uh, coming into studio. Alan Barrett is the CEO of the ESRI. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.